We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Can I, can I get into some moments? Okay. 1990s, freshman year. You talked about the Michigan game. I want to take you to Knoxville, Tennessee. Oh, boy. On the road, right? Oh, okay. I'm talking about Carl Pickens, Alvin Harper, Man. that squad. Low Johnny Majors. Ready to yeah, Yes. Right. Man. You started off as a running back. And I think when I talk about this, you probably can give me a story of how you eventually moved to free safety because I watched this game. So the the funny thing about this this game was, so we had just come off playing Navy the, the previous week, and mm-hmm. Coach Holtz was he was not happy uh, because I think we had given up like thirty some points to Navy. Now it wasn't a Navy triple option at the time frame, so we get we get back and Coach says. I need, it, it was myself, Willie Clark. Um, oh gosh, I forgot who was the other one. Um, it was four guys that he told to come to Loftus. Mm-hmm. He wanted us to work out as DBs. And so it, it was funny because as a freshman, you go into each game and as a running back, I, I was circling the games. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna play in this game. I'm playing in this game, I'm playing this game, I'm playing this game. And I did play in my games uh, that I circled. I was a little hot. So he brought us in. We did this workout. And uh, and so, you know, I, I moved around. So at the time, my brother's currently a – he's a senior at, at Arkansas now. So he he's playing DB there. So I'm, I call him and I say, hey, okay, here's what's happening. He's like, okay, well, just go out there. You know, you know what to do. Just go out there and we've – the same DB drills we've done before. Just go out and, and do your deal. So I did. And – and it's funny that that week, so I started, so he kept myself and Willie Clark on, on defense. And so me and Willie are, are getting reps over there. And I, I'm not thinking. I, I know I'm traveling because I'm on all the special teams. I have no idea that I'm about, I'm about to play. I still had my running back shoes, uh, uh, turf shoes on, hot tops out there playing. Actually, I ended up playing corner. So I'm lined up against Alvin Harper uh, and and uh, Carl Pickens over there with this crazy with my high top Adidas songs, and it's like, <laughs> what are we doing? And but you know, slick Rick the ruler, he had the best game of his, his life. I mean, he was doing his deal. No, 
And but Rick was fantastic that he game. Was unbelievable. And he, he took he, it he, over he, in the fourth quarter. He just took it over. Well, you know, his deal was he wasn't getting the hype the rest of those guys was. And mm-hmm. he, he knew he knew, hey, this is my time to shine. And and he went to work. So it was good. It was obviously you saw, we we both know everyone the world knows, but he did in the NFL. But it was good for him to have that moment. But man, I tell you what, lining up across the across there with freshman year, and this is your first game. You literally you only had a couple practices and you got a lot of just Alvin Harper and and Carl Pickens. It's like, oh boy, okay, just don't throw it my way. I made a couple of tackles though. I did. Yeah. <laughs> that was a big man, that was a big win for you guys. Big no comeback doubt. win. And this was amazing. I tell people all the time, I said it's one of my favorite games to watch because I said Lou Holtz and that offense, they were before that time. I said, dude, because they can motion and you. I said, look, they would just ram you with Ricky Waters for like three quarters. And I'm th- not to mention they had, what, Tony Brooks, Rodney Colbert. Rodney Colbert was take, was catching Will Rouse out the backfield, just killing their defensive backs. I was like, he had all this talent. And he would just wear you down. And then in the fourth quarter, he would just throw a pitch to Rocket. And he would just run around the corner because everybody was tired and he couldn't everybody catch him. Everybody was tired. <laughs> And I'm like, yo, it was that was really the greatness at the the amount of time. Do you ever think, man, we had so much talent in one place for a three year span that was absolutely ridiculous. Well, so you you missing a few of those names now? We oh, absolutely. Okay, you're talking. Uh, so Reggie, Dorothy Levens was there too, right? I was, I was just about to say that. So right. Going into, going, going into uh, coming, so my freshman year, so D- Dorsey's sophomore year, Dorsey was supposed to be the starting starting tailback. Now, what most people don't know now, Dorsey was Dorsey was being recruited by Syracuse as a basketball player. Like wow, like he was legit. Like so, you're talking about talent. So I was about five a on the depth chart. You had. And obviously, Dorsey ended up transferring before the transfer portal is what it is today. But right. Tony Brooks, you know, Reggie, uh, you know, Rodney, Rodney toted that thing now. Uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, JB got his totes in the backfield, Rocket. You know, so there was so much, so many guys. And then receiver-wise, I mean, you know, we it's there was just so much talent on the field. Um, so I blessed enough to play. I was blessed enough to play. I should. I was taking any opportunity that I had available. You want me to kick off? I'll take it. You want me to punt? I'm gonna take it. All right, pump return? Oh yeah. Oh, can I? I'm gonna play. Oh, absolutely. So you know, guys had to get in where they fit in. Otherwise, yeah. you sit over there looking. So I tried my best to make sure I got in when I fit in. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You know what was crazy about that game? I was watching it and saw Jerome Bettis make a spe- uh, special teams tackle. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, yeah. On the, on the kickoff return. I said, oh, the bus was on kickoff? I said, okay. It goes goes directly to what you were saying. Like, everybody was just trying. Here's a freshman class yep. that is going to be great, but everybody in that class was just trying to find a way to get on the field. Just trying to get on the field. And Jerome was an all-American linebacker now. That's right. he was so he could have played in either either or. So yeah. he, he, he could have played either or. And it just everybody just wanted to get on. It just it was just something about that. Everyone wanted to get on the field, everyone wanted to contribute. And at the end of the day, everyone just wanted to have fun. And that's what it's all about. Sugar Bowl. The infamous halftime speech from Lou Holtz. What the heck turned things around? Because it was a totally different Notre Dame team that came out in that second half against the Florida Gators. Well, his his deal was, what what are we doing? You, we prepare for for this moment. Like we, our preparation for that game was was completely like so. Going into the game on defense, you had to earn a green jersey. So we didn't wear green jerseys at all at practice. Uh, but if you earn a green jersey, then you you earn the right to play uh, or start or play on defense. And so every day was that because we knew what we were dealing with from an offensive standpoint. Uh, Warford was doing his, he, you know, obviously what he, he you know, Heisman Trophy guy. So we had to earn our jerseys each week and or each practice. And offensively, we felt like we were a smash mouth, hit him in the mouth football team. And that's what we needed to do. And we got away from our identity. Uh, Just guys going out there and playing and having fun and competing. And and that's all legitimate. That's what it was about. What are we doing? It's all about the preparation. We're prepared for this moment. So why? And then obviously Jerome went and had, had... did his deal so you know guys just knew and that's the the part of the game that the preparation is the most important thing that practices were the most the hardest things that we dealt with like we by the time the game came about 
we had we were we were confident because we practiced that way. We competed against each other. We competed against the guys that are across from us, and we felt like so if we can compete against these guys, then the games are going to be like, games are going to be the game. They're already right. won. And so go out and play relaxed. You know, you know, we're we're at the time I think we we're 18th in the country, and they were like number two or three in the country, and we knew that. And but we 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 held them to a higher. We 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 put them on a pedestal yeah. in the first half. We did, we did, we and we played that way. We didn't play loose and play relaxed. And and as you saw, if anyone watches, you can go back and watch it. <laughs> the second half, guys were just absolutely having fun. We were doing our deal. Because, you know, we had we got to the point that we were just relaxed and playing the game the way we should. I tell people all the time, you know, you look at Notre Dame offensive stats right now in this new age of college football. I was like, dude, Lou Holtz is putting up that many points. Just smash mouth. Like the game is the game. Yeah. Right. The game is the game. When you see the success of Kirby Smart and the way Georgia is winning right now, does it amaze you or do you feel like football has kind of come full circle and now the way you guys used to win is paramount once again, like run the ball and then let everything else flow off of that offensively? I, I respect what what, what uh, Kirby Smart's doing in Georgia now, without a doubt, because he he is he he, he won. He's gonna he's gonna get some dogs on defense. <laughs> and he's gonna make you stop you. How many? How many times? Especially like you just mentioned, there was just a new age. Everything is spread, and everything is this or that. But he wants to run the football. He wants to have twelve personnel. He wants to have two tight ends in the game. He wants to play the game and be physical. He's and, and to beat the teams that he's beating the way he beat them. It's some some something to be said about that. You know, something yeah. to be said about the way he's. He's going about it now and and just challenging his players and going to compete. I mean, I've, I've heard some halftime speeches. I've heard some pre uh, the pregame speeches. Heck, I mean, he sounds it, not not. I'm not saying he's Lou Holtz or or or, or anybody. You know, Nick Saban by no means, right. but he's motivating those guys to be the best version of themselves every play, every minute. And ha- you see why the guys are going to play the way they are. So much respect to how they're handling the business now, because they they taking it back to that that smash. You watch the national championship game; it's like okay, they were throwing it around, but they were toting that thing too. It's like okay, all right, it's going to be okay. And yeah. it, that that semifinals game, I saw well, watching Ohio State, and you, the Big Twelve is known for the big big what are they now? Big Ten, Big Ten. It's no longer ten, but they're known for running the football. And so they got into that mindset, and they were competing. They were get, they were they were in there now. It, it looked it looked good, um, but Georgia and Kirby's done some amazing things there, and just uh, the talent level, obviously, uh, the number of guys he's put in in the first round, second round, and uh, but they're also doing it at the next level as well. So hats off to him and, and how he's how he's conducting his business. Okay, brotherhood. If all of you guys are together. Who's the most hated rival of Notre Dame? I, w- I would love to hear how this would go. Is it Michigan? Is it USC? Is it Michigan? Because Michigan State was a big-time rival for you guys back then, the George Perlis teams as well. Maybe not as much as Michigan, but where do you I, think I you guys say, would go? I, I would say I would say USC. Here's mm-hmm. why I would say USC. 
um, because there's a the level of at the time frame with with they were producing a high level of first round guys at the time, mm -hmm. and so you know we didn't we didn't follow all that, but you knew the 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 Willie McGinnises of the world. You know they they had those guys. So when you go into the games, it was always well you going out to you going out to Southern Southern California. You guys don't have a chance. It's right. different. You're so I would say USC because. That game, it was always doing for us. It was doing Thanksgiving, and so we would travel there, and um, you know, twice. Obviously, it was only twice that we did, but we would travel there, or they would come here, and they always had guys that were heralded as the next this or the next that. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And uh, yeah, now now Michigan on the same deal. Was obviously Michigan, but I would say USC uh, just because. Everyone knows that Michigan Stadium is copied off our, our stadium. They know that. Uh, <laughs> Say it loud. Say it loud for everybody in the back. Copied off our stadium. But there's still, obviously, there's still a level of respect. Now, those games should be played every year. Michigan, Michigan State. Now, something about Michigan State, it's just every – they could not have – it was didn't matter what their record was. They mm -hmm. were coming in, and you were going to get that business now. And mm -hmm. like, these dudes – and they were just – they were – they were, they were blue collar, hard nose, and hit you in the mouth. Yeah. They were the Big Ten quality. You know what I mean. And so, but I would say USC would be definitely be the be the one. Now I asked that question because when we talked to Pete, uh -huh. Pete was like, "Yo," he was like, "The first time I saw like Jumbo Elliott, and he was like, "Yo, that Michigan game was like a a totally different." Oh, no. game than everything else on the schedule like that was like just grown man football you knew what it was and if you got on that field you might as well just strap up because it's about to be tough well so Pete saw it in a different angle I saw the skill guys that USC had all the time oh, of course you you know what I'm saying I saw the, all yeah. the receivers that you know what I'm, so I saw all, the, all that he yeah. saw the offensive line and that Michigan Michigan always carried so we all we both saw it in different in different frames Man, that's amazing how you guys saw the rivalry from two different perspectives based upon what you had to face. But, man, I would love to see, of course, the Michigan rivalry to be renewed. You know, I, I agree with you, Coach. That's something that needs to happen each and every year. And, you know, if you want to throw Michigan State in there as well, you know, you I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Yeah, yeah you absolutely. You absolutely. Most memorable moment inside Notre Dame Stadium. Oh gosh, it it would have to be it it would it would be my first touchdown. Uh, mm. I guess Air Force as a freshman. Uh, you know, I I I was able to told you know that's that was a dream come true to be able to 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 dot the I and uh, to be able to, to to score a touchdown as a as a true freshman. And I just. I, I had a picture, I, my, I think it's actually at my mom's house. I have a picture of it, uh, me going into the end zone, and I, that, without a doubt, that would be my moment. How in the world did you become the most efficient running back ever in Notre Dame's history? 29 carries, 167 yards, 10 touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
if it if it was up to Reggie, then I would probably not got a couple of those touchdowns. Because uh, <laughs> how so, did that end up happening? Like like you said, you made the switch uh-huh. over to the defensive backfield, but Coach just kept it in his mind. Like, yo, I want to use Jeff in the red zone. Well, it's it's funny because we used to have goal line in Toronto. Jerome won't tell the story, but I'm gonna tell it so the world can hear. So we, it's, it's one. It was one versus one on, on the goal line, mm-hmm. and so we are. Uh, it's it's our it's our junior year, and we're stuffing them left and right. Bow, they trying to run it. We bow. I hit, I hit Jerome in the hole one time. Bow. So Coach Host is like, okay, well if we can't score, Jeff come over here. So I, so I go down. I don't know. I'm, all right, call the play. I get in, I score. Calls another time, I score again. And then the rest was, was history. <laughs> it was like, okay, you're on the goal line. I'm like, all right, cool. And just, it, it, it went from there. So it was just one of one of those competitive drills, competitive drills that we always had, one yeah. versus one on the goal line. And um, then I got flipped over to, to, to offense because, I mean, we, we, we were doing work on defense. and. So I flipped over and we ended up scoring. And so I got on goal line from there. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coach, we appreciate you giving us time. Now, you know, most Notre Dame fans, if they don't know, I've come to learn that the trash talk amongst Notre Dame players on the uh, hardwood has been real for many years. Who was the best hooper on that squad? On uh, Let's say out of your the guys that came with you, the freshmen. Kevin McDougal, no question. Really? Yep. K-Mac. Kev, listen, any sport you you name, Kevin was a – Kevin could golf. He was could ride a bike. He was like a BMX, like champion BMX. Tra- yeah, K-Mac, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Hey, it's I got to get K-Mac on the show. Now, 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 Oliver, Oliver Gibson and Brian Hamilton both played. They played uh, – 
they played in the bookstore and all that stuff. Right. K Mac is that guy for sure. Did you ever play in the, the uh, bookstore tournament? I did. I played uh I, I played uh my junior year and then uh I didn't play my senior year because obviously it was spring is in the springtime and that you're yeah. Uh but we were our team was called the Headbangers. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. So where did you guys finish? Uh, we we got we got we got booted. Or uh, actually, we I can't. That year we got booted early. The next year, okay. it was uh, Bobby Taylor, uh, Brian Hamilton, and they actually made it to the finals. And actually, there's there's video. Actually, there's video on the uh, on the internet of that final game. Really? Lake, oh yeah, oh yeah. Lake Dawson was on that squad. So we had a squad then. I was, I was just a coach. I was a coach at the time. I was like, yeah, we had a squad. Now, Lake can hoop, too. Lake had that. Lake, without question, had the biggest mouth on the team. He had oh. to. <laughs> no. Uh, Clint. Clint. Clint Johnson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, Clint would give you that work now. He, he, yeah. He, oh, yeah. Clint would give you that work for sure. <laughs> so, before I let you go, I have to ask you, what was it like to be part of um, the end of what, in my opinion, was cut short because of the business of football and would have ended up being possibly one of the greatest rivalries in all of college football. That 1990 final matchup with the Miami Hurricanes. Like, as a freshman, what was it like to experience? Because I'm sure you watched the previous two games in 88 and 89 and you saw how hotly contested they were. As a true freshman, paint the picture for me. Like, pregame, are you coming down the tunnel expecting a, another fight? Oh yeah, you 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 were expecting it to be on and popping at the time. You're walking mm. down because it it they the level of that that the tension between the two teams you could just feel it and mm -hmm. and going into I can remember you know just watching uh, uh, Zorro just walking down there and just him and Stoney uh, Michael Stonebreaker Chris Zorro it's just those dudes just the preparation the mindset coming into that game it was like okay listen. You better be about it today because it's it's about to happen. And but the level, like Todd Light, just the game, his like his game just was different. Like it was like a like like he took it to the next level. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It was just that going into it because you know, you, at those seniors, those guys, you're talking about draft status and you're competing against these dudes, you better be ready now. You better yeah. be about it now. And so those games were just they were they were they were special and they needed to be because it's good it's good for college football i mean yeah i i we played them a couple years later you know obviously i wasn't there but just watching those it's good for college football because when you're talking Absolutely. about historical programs and and playing those games and that's what it's about now obviously obviously alabama and georgia what they're doing right now is still everyone still wants to play notre dame no matter what whether whether you believe we can win, or you just everyone wants to beat Notre Dame, and that and that's that's college football. You, man, I will be honest with you. I want to play, and, and <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. I'm like, coach, let's go ahead, let's schedule. Let's go play him. I'm coaching somewhere else. I'm like, coach, hey, hey, let's go and get a shot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, you know, what's next for you? As far as coaching, what do you what do you want to end up? Heck, is is 
coaching at Notre Dame, a dream in the future or something that you would love to do? The NFL, like what's next for Coach Jeff Burrs? Well, I do at some point in time, and I'm getting getting older in this profession. This profession is getting a lot younger. Um, my, my ultimate goal is to keep making an impact on, on the men that I coach. Um, because I've, I've been blessed enough to have some opportunities and to see it in different realms. Um, yes, I do want to be a head coach, but impacting young men's lives is the most important thing for me right now, uh, in whatever capacity that I may be. Because I know a lot of these young men, they have those dreams. They have the aspirations of being, uh, being the, the next this or next to that. I, I can remember being at Notre Dame and just, you know, watching uh, Julian Love as a freshman, Troy Pride as a freshman, and seeing those guys now, by no means am I taking credit for any one of those two guys, but just to see those guys um, develop and grow into the young men that they are and just see, you know, just, and that's what it's about for me, uh, seeing, seeing young men uh, reach their potential, more importantly, because a lot of times, and, and while we're, we're talking about it, I'm going to talk about some, if you don't mind, I'm going to take a segue yeah. to talk Go about some mental health issues because, um, that's a lot, a large portion of this is, yes, you, you go to college, there's a lot of expectations. And what if you don't, what if you don't achieve those, those quote unquote goals? Life still goes on. Um, a lot of people don't know. Um, yesterday I celebrated, uh, you don't celebrate it, but I lost my son uh, three years ago and he committed suicide actually. And yesterday was uh, the third, third anniversary of, of, uh, of him leaving and but it's it's mental health things that young people because everything is, is all about social media everything is about this all everything is about compared comparing yourself to this or that it was different back in the day when we didn't have those things we didn't have to see it on the constant we didn't have to see instagram we didn't have to see snapchat we didn't have to see the mass media things and so for me it's more about impacting lives and making sure that at the end of the day, you are, yes, you're a student athlete, but the athlete part doesn't have to define you as a man. And you need to make sure that you're taking care of your mental, you take care of your spiritual, and then the physical will be fine because you know, obviously we, we do our share from, from a conditioning standpoint. So for me, Sean, that's the biggest portion of it right now is making sure that I'm making an impact in young men's lives. And I'm glad that you mentioned that and you, you know, were able to be vulnerable in this moment right here to share that with with us and to share that with the Notre Dame fan base. We on the Lucky Lefty podcast, we have always tried to cultivate a culture to whereas, you know, and we say it multiple times, you know, when you're watching these young men on Saturdays, understand that they're more than just entertainment for you. Without a doubt. They have personal lives and you have no idea what they could be dealing with mentally, spiritually, or just in their family lives. And, you know, with that being said, as the extension of the Notre Dame family as fans and as podcasters and Malik as a former player, part of the brotherhood, he'll tell you, we, we feel you guys. And there's a, it's different. Yeah. It's different. I, I don't know how to explain it. It's a different fan base. Uh, it's a different set of young men that have come through Notre Dame and come out on the other side. And the brotherhood is totally different. People say, oh, it's always brotherhood. I'm like, no, 
I'm telling you, I've experienced this brotherhood and it's unlike anything I've seen. So your family and you, coach, will continue to have our prayers, continue to have our condolences and support for anything you do, anything that you and your family are connected to that deals with mental health, any outreach things, please get in contact with myself and Malik and we're right there with you. We'll, man, we'll come to wherever you are to support whatever you guys have because we believe in it and we just want you guys to know that the Notre Dame fan base truly loves you and has your back. Well, I, I appreciate you, my brother. I truly do appreciate you. A- absolutely. So we want to have you back on because I want you and Malik to be able to talk about the nuances of Notre Dame. There's some okay. things you guys know okay. that I don't know. So I had to just stick to the historical stuff and just the story. But I'm going to have you back on with Malik for part two of this interview because Absolutely. there's so many other things that we can get into with the great Jeff Burris. Notre Dame fans, thank you for tapping in tonight. And um, you can follow him on Twitter. He's a defensive back coach for the uh, University of Louisiana Rage and Cajuns. By the way, you guys have some sweet helmets. I don't, I don't care what anybody says. Your helmets are sweet. Appreciate Continue. that. Continue success to you, Coach, in all of your endeavors. And uh, we love you. And, man, we'll have you back on real soon. Love you, too. And I appreciate, the, I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Notre Dame fans, we'll see you tomorrow morning. Myself and Malik, we'll get into some more conversation about the Notre Dame fighting Irish and new offensive coordinator, Jared Parker. For the great Jeff Burris, I'm Sean Davis. Man, you don't know. This just made my day to be able to enter. This is one of my heroes, man. <laughs> For Jeff Burris, I'm Sean Davis. We bid you adieu until we see you tomorrow morning right here on the Lucky Lefty.